Good evening, everybody. Where we stand with us, TV Live. And this evening, I'm speaking to the mother of two kidnapped boys, 12 and 16 years old. The whole of Israel's lives changed in October the 7th. I can't even remember what my life was like before October 7th from the trauma, the collective trauma that we're all going through. But for the parents of the hostages, that trauma is all too real and all too raw. They're living this every single day. And we, as a collective, the Jewish people and the state of Israel have to do everything that we can to bring those children home because they are all our children too. So this evening, I have the privilege of speaking to Renana Gome from Kibbutz Nir Oz, whose two beautiful boys were taken by the savages and the terrorists of Hamas. Renana, good evening. Good evening. I'm so sorry that we're talking and meeting in the most, I can only begin to imagine as a mother, the circumstances that you're living every day. And I really don't want to redo the trauma, but something that you're living with every single day. So I want to ask you, what happened? How did this happen? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> At 6.30 in the morning on October 7th, uh, we woke up to the red alert, uh, which we're unfortunately all used to. Uh, I was in another kibbutz on the Gaza border. Uh, my um, my community is at Niroz, um, but um, I have a, a boyfriend, a partner at another kibbutz, Sufa, which is also near the border. And the boys were uh, with their father. Uh, the arrangement between us is uh, that uh, when on his weekends, they sleep at my place. It's only 400 meters away from his house. Uh, we're, we're members of the same community and uh, live in the same small village. And on a normal world, in a normal life, it seems like a good arrangement. Uh, Absolutely. They're not little kids, you know, they're young teenagers. Yeah. Anyway, we all woke up to the red alert and I immediately called them to make sure that they were in the safe room. Obviously, their father also called them. And um, the others whose uh, the safe room is his bedroom uh, um, told me very confirmly that um, he made sure that his little brother is in the safe room. He woke him up and got him out of bed. Um, and then I started talking to them every couple of minutes just to see that they were okay. There were hundreds of rockets and missiles shot at us at that point. Uh, but again, this is a situation that we're all uh, used to it. It sounds sadly uh, used to it. Sadly used yeah, to we're, it. We're all, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, about half an hour or so later, uh, they called me and said that they hear gunshots outside their room, outside the house. And I said, it's probably the army coming to protect them. Um, little did I know. I could hear gunshots outside the house I was in, just 15 me me kilometers away. Um, and then I started getting texts from other members of the community saying terrorists 
are walking outside wearing IDF uniform, uh, trying to break into houses and taking people out. I called neighbors and friends and anyone I could, and of course their father, to ask them to go there and be with them, but no one could go outside. There were over a hundred terrorists walking outside. And at this point, it was each to themselves, every family to their own faith. I will say that we're a community that is so used to being like a big family that, you know, just gives each other without taking back anything. Um, I think people don't really kibbutz. understand what kibbutz life is like. Yeah. It is yeah. one big family, isn't it? Everybody takes care of everyone else. That's very true. And everyone knows everyone and everyone knows everyone's kids. And you can walk outside and, you know, they, the kid can't go uh, can't get lost because everyone knows who it, be, who it belongs to. Uh, we usually leave our doors open. We don't lock because it seems pointless. Um, it's a, obviously a very naive perception of life, but this is how we preferred and, and chose to live our lives. Um, um, anyway, at About two hours after this whole started, um, they called me and said they hear someone breaking into the house, breaking the door, um, and walking in, uh, walking in the house. And a few minutes later, I could hear the door of the safe room open, not before my eldest, who was a strong lad, held the door like hell, trying to keep them safe. The doors don't lock, safe rooms don't lock because they're built against Rockets, missiles, and earthquakes. So they actually built to be reopened from the outside in case someone is stuck in. Um, but he fought for the door and he couldn't. Uh, they forced the door out and uh, I could hear my youngest on the phone. I was online on the phone. As they broke in, I could hear people speaking in Arabic. And my youngest said, don't take me, I'm too young. And then the line went off. That, that was the last I heard of him. It's been 13 days now and I don't know anything about him. I heard nothing. I don't know if they're whereabouts. I don't know whether they sleep, eat. I don't know. I don't even know if they're alive. Uh, later we found out that their father and his, uh, his girlfriend Uh, we're also taken hostage. Uh, as so a, father, their father's also hostage? Yeah, their father and his girlfriend are also taken hostage, as as are 80, 80 people from our community from the age of six months to the age of 86. Uh, so my hopes are that, that at least they're not alone and they're together with someone who knows them. It's been almost two weeks now, and sorry, there's no sign of life from them. Renana, how do you function? What do you do every day? Do you sleep? Do you eat? What do you do? Uh, mornings and nights are the hardest. It's very hard to go to sleep not knowing whether they're going to sleep, where they're going to sleep, if they're getting any sleep. And... Again in the morning, you don't know where they wake up and what they wake up to. 
but I force myself every every morning to get up, to fight for bringing them back, hoping that this is the last morning I will have to fight and they'll be back again and again and again. Ah. You said living, you said when you started uh, living it every day, but we're living it every moment and every minute and every hour of every day. Renana, we've been speaking to the authorities, the people in charge of this terrible hostage tragedy. Do they give you any hope that something can be done? Uh, my only hope uh, relies on the fact that there are so many hostages and they're all civilians and quite a big proportion uh, out of them are children and the, the age of 18 that you cannot leave uh, that amount of uninvolved civilians uh, left captured by terrorist organization in the Gaza Strip. That's That's the main hope that Israel will have no choice but to do something to get them, to get them back. Um, I can't say I've been getting my hopes from uh, authorities, but I can understand why uh, they won't share the information with me. I mean, they can't share information with 200 families. It doesn't, you know, doesn't make sense. And it probably works against any effort of negotiation or any effort to bring them back. So I'm I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting like the rest of us to hear the, to hear good news. Amen. Where are you getting your strength from, Renana? I get my strength from being a mother who fights for her cubs. And I'm, hoping other mothers around the world, including in the Gaza Strip, will enlist to the effort to get my children and the other children back home, now alive. Um, I I always, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I I was just gonna say, I always tell my children that they're, you know, they're the lucky ones that the children in the Gaza Strip, Palestinian children, uh, aren't as lucky. Um, And, you know, both on physical terms and and on other terms. Um, And I always used to say to them, they should be very, to feel to feel that they're the lucky ones, and to 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 be sympathetic to towards the other side, but I can't see what kind of a mother raises such monsters that rape and burn and murder babies in their sleep. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't understand I, this. I can't understand it, and I can't understand how certain mothers send their kids on suicide missions proudly. Knowing they're not going to come back, I don't. That I don't understand. I think the biggest difference between us and them is uh, actually it's not by Judaism or Islam. It's not. Um, it's by people and education. But I think the biggest difference is that we as Jews treasure life. Yeah. We are willing to give anything in order to get a person to stay alive. Absolutely. Uh, and they treasure death. 
Yes, absolutely. It's a cult. Unfortunately, these very extreme fundamentalists is a cult of death. Yeah. Renana, we, all the mothers of Israel and everybody in Israel are with you and all the other mothers and fathers of the hostages and daughters and grandchildren because they've taken all ages, they've taken babies. My hmm. question to you is, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? We're here. First, you need to bring our voices heard, and this is what you're doing now, and thank you so much for it. Um, go to your governments, go to your governors, speak to your House of Lords, speak to your parliaments, uh, do whatever it takes to enlist to the effort of releasing them immediately. I think the international community has so much power over the Palestinians. I mean, the Palestinians, unfortunately, Uh, did not take the chance they were given to um, to build their own independent state. They were given that. They were. And they are still given that because they're being given so much money from the international community to rebuild and build their community there and to build a state. Look at Israel. I mean, 70 years. 70 years. And we have done so much during that time. With so uh, little. With so little. With so little, but we did get help and, and we're grateful for it. And I think what they're doing with the help they're getting is building a terrorist organization instead of building a state in which their children will live safely and get good education and grow up to be good people and have a good life. And they could. And they, they could. could. And all, all I want the international um, community to do is to to shout with us to get the children and hostages back home alive now. I mean, children and civilians are not part of the war game. War has rules everywhere in the world. This is against all rules of humanity. And that's that's why I'm trying to get my voice heard, hoping we will get to decision takers on the other end. Renana, we are all in your campaign. We are all you. your soldiers now to try and get your boys and everybody home. We will do everything that we can to make your voice and amplify your voice because they're your children, but they're all of our children. I'm also a mother, and I can't begin to imagine the the excruciating pain that you're in every minute of this day. I've got a friend whose son, uh, who was in the music festival, is also kidnapped and, uh, and, and it's hit us very close to home. So we're all in this with you, Renana, and with your permission, I'm going to take you everywhere I can in order for us to succeed and bring our families back home. And I wish you all the strength and blessings in the world. And please, God, we will pray for your boys and everybody else to come home. Thank you for talking with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.